Hey, welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is Mark Massaro. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Michelle Bader. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Uh, we actually have a special treat for our listeners yes. today. We have a guest um, with us today, Lisa Clark. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you. Um, so Lisa has a very interesting story that we're excited to share with you guys today. Um, and Lisa, unfortunately, lost her husband to COVID not very long ago. And I'm sorry, did you say it was April? February. 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 Okay. Um, so if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been going through and, you know, a little bit of your story and um, just how God has carried you through this very difficult time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to back up a little bit if I can, though. Yeah, please. I think that some of the things that happened um, after and kind of through that um, was like a fulfillment of things that had happened before. Similar mm. to like how the what um, just God showing us um, things. And so it was just kind of a beautiful story. So um, my husband and I, we married um, in 2015. Um, we um, dated for like two and a half years and decided that we were going to, well, we decided a year before that we were going to get married. Mm. And um, so we had a unique set of circumstances because we both had been married before. Mm -hmm. um, we both um, had been married actually for 16 years. Oh, wow. Um, so we both had, you know, kind of dealt with um, um, divorce, the painfulness of divorce. Neither one of us wanted it and kind of found ourselves in that situation. And then we also had three children. So we jokingly referred to us our, ourselves as the Brady Bunch. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> primarily because we both have two older girls and, a, and the youngest one is a boy. So on both sides. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, so it was kind of cool. Um, but during the time that even we dated, um, I had already been um, working in counseling and been in ministry. I've been a Christian all my life. Um, and um, my husband was sharing, was sharing, you know, as you do when you're dating, just his journey um, through um, being born with a heart condition that he didn't know he had mm -hmm. until he was 37. Wow. And this, um, this heart condition um, resulted in him nearly dying at 37. So he oh, was, wow. this was about 16 years ago. Um, and, um, in that time period, he actually came to know the Lord. So wow. like he had, he had known the Lord beforehand, but he came and he, he, things shifted for him and he was really came into relationship with the Lord. So there, you know, there's kind of a difference where right. you, sure. you, you go to church at Christmas and Easter versus, right. you know, the CEO really like, Christians. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And so his life was completely trans, trans, transformed. I mean, mm -hmm. and, um, and so he began walking with the Lord back then. Wow. Um, and so while we dated, he shared this story with me. He shared with me also just about his desire to work in ministry and, um, and, and it was, it was a beautiful thing. And so, um, we get married and of course every marriage has its ups and downs. And probably one of the biggest challenges is blending a family is mm. challenging. And, yeah. um, and we actually were super intentional while we were dating, um, how we would do that. Like we, I was aware of, um, uh, uh, a guy named Ron Deal. He works with focus on the family and he's got a lot oh, of yeah. smart step family resources and smart step parent and you know and all of that and so we we even bought the bible study material and you know we really just kind of dug into this because we wanted to do this well and to glorify god in that process and um 
So, you know, we, you know, we have our normal ups and downs and, uh, but things got kind of got a bit challenging. And one of the things we had to do was to buy a second home mm. to, um, for him to even get like additional custody of his son. Mm. And oh, wow. cause his, yeah, his two older daughters were, um, were over 18, but um, so that was a challenge. And that proved to be a challenge for our relationship too. Cause if you can imagine living apart for a period of time. Yeah. Um, is is not ideal right <laughs> particularly yeah. in those first first years of marriage and I really at any time in your marriage that's a challenge yeah um so we we decided um you know as things kind of got rough um we decided that we were going to go get counseling and um I love that because that's what I do and um he was actually in school for counseling and um we went to Hope Restored, which is part of a ministry of focus on the family. Yeah, I um, went to Branson, Missouri, and did like forty hours of counseling. Wow. Um, some people, some people see that as a as a challenge, but I, I I loved it. I mean, there was such transformation that happened, and we were able to get um, such healing just from the things that had happened, and some of these um, alliances that happen when you have children, biological children, and all that kind of stuff. And so we really got a solid understanding of God's plan. And, um, and God just set us on a plan, a path to healing. And so this happened, this was probably at this point, it's like February of, of, um, 2020. So right before COVID hits, we go, we come back, um, you know, healed and set on a path and we're excited. And, um, my husband also was looking forward to leaving his corporate job in it to do this, um, to go into ministry together. And, um, so, so we did that and, um, you know, had our normal Thanksgiving and holidays, um, together. And then right after Thanksgiving, I got COVID Mm -hmm. and literally that Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, and you know, I'm one of those people, I'm healthy. I have all of the markers that they say people have that, that actually, um, do well with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably had, I had all the symptoms, but I um, was sick, maybe 24, 36 hours. Like, you know, yeah. it was, it just came and went. Um, my husband um, quarantined with me, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he didn't get sick. And so um, oh, wow. I used to jokingly refer to him as Superman, yeah. um, even <laughs> before that, even mm-hmm. before that, because he just was so gifted at so many different things and would care for us as a family. And so um, he, we would, you know, one year he got a Superman mug for Christmas, you know, <laughs> that kind cute. of thing. So, yeah. so, um, so of course, it just kind of fed into that, like, dude, you didn't get COVID, you know? Like, yeah. um, so um, of course, we just kind of go about our, um, our life. And um, on the 15th of January, um, he gets sick. And then what's, what's interesting about that day is that, um, going back a little bit in September of that last year of 2020, we decided to renew our vows. We just felt God had transformed our lives and had brought about such unity and like um, really clear purpose for our lives and how we were going to even repair some of the damage that had, you know, with the children and some of those dynamics with, you know, conflict with exes and stuff. And so um, we renew our vows in September and my husband also leaves his corporate job. And so we're super excited because this is a fulfillment of a dream for him right. is to go into ministry full time. He had graduated um, from school and gotten his master's in counseling. And so he was, I'm a licensed therapist and he was going the path of a, like a um, pastoral counselor. Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, so he leaves his job and we go into the holidays and all of that. And so um, in January, um, he has his first um, client on the 15th, the day he had his first symptom, he had his first client in my office. And so what we had been doing is he had been working out of a church in, on the other side of town. Um, they had given him a free office and he was doing some work from, for them you know, in IT, but it allowed him to start this counseling ministry and, um, and I'm on the, um, the, my offices are on the east side of town. And so as he was going into this work full time, we're like, okay, great. You're going to, um, you can use my office in the interim, you know, as you're building your client base and all of that. And so the, 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 why that's significant is that, you know, he gets sick and has, he sees his first client. And then he, and then that evening when he would have had his second client, he um, started having chills and, you know, we were also COVID conscious then. So it was like, okay, you got to cancel your client. Let's just make sure all is well. And um, so he started having chills and um, spent the next seven days kind of battling COVID at home. Um, even on that Wednesday. So that was a Friday. So that following Wednesday, he, um, he calls 911 because his oxygen levels were getting kind of low, mm -hmm. you know, and um, the, the ambulance comes and they evaluate him. They actually like take him outside because they wouldn't even do that evaluation in your house. Oh, wow. You got COVID. Yeah. So he had to sit outside on a folding chair and, um, and they evaluated him and they kind of gave him the decision. They said, you know, you, you know, you've got COVID, you know, your oxygen is going to fluctuate, but you're, you're, you're doing pretty okay. Um, it's your choice. And so um, with my husband's heart issues from the past, um, if you gave him the option not to go to the hospital, he's going to say no. Sure. Right. <laughs> so yeah. so, um, so he said no. He thought, you know, if I'm going to just sit there doing the same thing I'm doing at home, I, I will stay home. Mm -hmm. And so that was Wednesday. And um, by that Friday, um, probably around seven o'clock, I was finishing up my client's he um, texts me and says, I'm going to dial 911. My oxygen mm. level is like at 60%. Ooh. And um, so I called him back and I was, I was like, absolutely. And by the time I called him back, just a few minutes had passed. He had already dialed 911, which I was appreciative that he was, you know, moved quickly. And I said, okay, I'm coming home. And so I pack up to leave. And, um, you know, by the time I'm in the car, he texts me and says, they've already taken me. Wow. So I'm um, kind of at a loss, you know, like, you know how you, there's significant events in your life that you remember exactly where you were. Like, I know I was on the 101 freeway transitioning mm -hmm. to the 202 and I was like, what do I do? Like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't go to the hospital. I can't go and be with him. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I began um, calling a few people from church, you know, my, my women's group, you know, men in his men's group. Um, you know, we have this, uh, uh, our church has this like, um, private face, Facebook group or whatever. And so I sent a message out there, um, just sharing, this is what's happened. You know, let's be, be in prayer. And so, and of course I was texting him, like, text me when you're situated, send me pictures. Right. Cause I kept mm -hmm. thinking if I could see his picture, um, that that's going to give me information, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, cause he could barely talk. Um, the, the, the breathing was so labored. And oh. so, so he, of course he sent me pictures. Am I talking too fast? No, you're no, great. You're, you're okay. great. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Um, but I, um, so he sends me pictures and, and I'm, you know, just kind of, you know, okay, he's looking okay. And look, you know, he had a bag over his um, oxygen bag over his face. And so it's like, okay, he's doing okay. And, um, but I did begin kind of this process of like all of these people just like praying for him. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was of course praying and then um, they decided to admit him. Um, this was, this was probably by the time they admitted him, it was in, into the evening and, um, like late evening, like maybe midnight or so. And so the next day, that Saturday morning, um, I talked to him briefly and, um, he was sharing that they were going to try, um, a drug called, um, I wrote it down just to make sure I get it right. Um, oh, Redemsevere. Is it Redemsevere? Yeah. Yes. Redemsevere. And so they had started that, um, that drug. And I think you give it twice a day. Um, and um, so he started that and they just kept upping his oxygen, upping his oxygen, like his oxygen requirement continued to increase. And um, so it was probably maybe the third day they realized that, or maybe it was the third dosage that, that, that it, they tracked this like after every dosage the, the damage that it can, one of the side effects is it can damage the kidneys and the liver. Oh. And so mm. it was damaging his, um, his organs, uh, those two organs. And so they decided that they had to stop giving that to him. And so with what we understood, so much has changed with COVID, you know, like sure. monthly, but with what they understood and they communicated to me at the time, there was not a whole lot that you could do other than just manage, manage it, give him oxygen. And um, the nurses had even shared with me, I think he had actually told me that he had pulled his IV out. And I was like, why did you do that? You know, like be a good patient, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, when I spoke with the nurses, they were sharing with me that when you can't breathe, you start fighting for your life. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're not always, um, mm -hmm. you're not always in the right mind. Were you gonna sure. say something? I was no. going to say, Lisa, uh, at this time, were you able to see him at all? Were you allowed in the uh, hospital? No, COVID. not at all. Never. Oh, I didn't know. I thought maybe they let one person, but no, nope. none. Oh, that's so nope. hard. I tried sneaking in even. Uh, oh, that's right. I got for... grabbed by security and pulled mm -hmm. out. I tried sneaking in, but yeah, no, they yeah. wouldn't. The security guard wouldn't. told me, um, I said, my wife's in there. She's dying. And he said, I don't care who it is. You're not going in there. Okay. They were very strict about it. They had the yeah. containment all set up all around the hospital and everything. So yeah. your, so sorry, your, yeah. your interactions yeah. with him was if he would send you a picture or whatever, and then you were able to talk to the nurses and kind of see what's going on. Is that how you kept up? Yes. Yeah. So he had, he had his phone. So I was able to, to, to talk with him and like, how can you do that when a person's got like yeah. oxygen and then he had this thing called a rebreather. So there was this, like, they were trying to give him the highest level of oxygen that they could give him on the floor that he was on because okay. he was not in the ICU yet. And so, um, so no, I, whenever I talk, whenever he would call me, it would sound like a plane was landing mm. while, you know, and I'm trying to right. make, 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 make out what he's saying. And so, um, nevertheless, I would try to talk with the nurses and the doctors and try yeah. to understand. And I was literally, so here I am trying to understand what's happening. I'm trying to learn, like the learning curve is huge. I had no idea. Right. You know, about what's a, what's bad oxygen. I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm having to understand all of this stuff. And uh, thankfully I have, um, you know, a few friends that are nurses. So I was calling them to try to get some perspective and, and all of that. So, um, 
basically what ended up happening was um, after about three days in the hospital, they talked to him and he agreed to go on the ventilator. And so okay. he called me um, to tell me that and um, with the doctor in the room. And of course, I just start crying because yeah. I, I realized first off the problem that, you know, it's so bad that this is, he's, he can't breathe for himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the second thing was, you know, we had just been, you know, I'm careful about watching the news, but I, yeah. what, what little bit of I did know was that being on a ventilator wasn't good. Right. Many people weren't making it off the ventilator. It just was like, that wasn't a good prognosis. Yeah. yeah. And I remember him saying like with the sound, like airplanes landing and I'm just trying to like have these words with him, you know, it's going to be okay. I love you. Mm. And so, um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's difficult. So they, they basically, I did speak with the doctor cause I just really wanted to be very clear on what the plan was and what to, what that looked like. And they said, well, we'll have them on the ventilator by this evening. And um, so they put them on the ventilator. And I don't know if you have any understanding of this. What I understood and what I understand now is that to do that, you know, you have to almost put a person in a medically induced coma yeah. because mm -hmm. this thing is breathing for you and uh, they don't want you to wake up. <laughs> no with that happening because um you know it's just gonna it's gonna freak you out and you'll probably mm -hmm. fight it it's just not good and so um they explained all of that and they had to intubate him and mm -hmm. um so to do that and so they um they did that and I checked with them that evening you know I, the nurse had said I promise I will call you when it's all done and she did and I had some really great nurses I'm so great well he had great nurses and they were they were they were great to me and um, so then we start this journey. And um, so he can't, he's obviously sedated. And um, I just began calling the hospital um, every twice a day at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Uh, I learned just kind of through trial and error that, you know, the nurses uh, switch their shifts at seven and seven. And so I got a, a more pleasant nurse if they had had an opportunity to get, you know, um, mm -hmm. a few hours to um, maybe assess what's going on with each of the patients that they had and that sort of thing. And so I would reach out in the morning to kind of get an update on how he did overnight and then the same in the evening. Um, but in the evening, I also um, FaceTimed him. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the only way, they were really gracious about doing that. The only way that I could um, have any communication and so I just believed that he could hear me. Mm -hmm. And I, my thought was, cause you know, we literally are warring in prayer. I don't know if you guys have seen the war room, but yes. it was like, we so were, good. Mm -hmm. you know, I had all of these women and men in my church. They were so amazing, just warring in prayer. And um, I was thinking one of, one of the scriptures that I, we were standing on during that time was, um, I was just going to try to find it here. Yeah, sure. um, ah, where is that? Oh, the scripture is Psalms 40. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. It's Psalms 43, one, the Lord sustains him on his sickbed and in his mm. illness, you restore him to full health. Oh, so that was God. like the word I was just like believing for mm -hmm. and praying. And, um, and so when I talked to him every night, 
Um, I would usually would be like, you know, maybe 10 minutes. I would pray with him, you know, friends that sent me, um, 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 like healing prayers that, you know, some of them were th- things that I could just recite, mm-hmm. you know, so I would do that. I would just pray. I would talk to him. I was like praying, like in my prayer, like that every, um, every system in his body. I mean, I was just like naming it, you know, his cardiovascular mm-hmm. system, his renal system, you know, like mm-hmm. healing, healing, you know? And, um, so, so, you know, it, it just began this journey and, um, day after day, kind of the same thing. And, um, one of the things that, that God also showed me during that season was, um, really comes from the, the scripture. I think it was in Matthew, but I wrote these notes and I'm all over the place now. That's okay. <laughs> okay. That's all right. But, um, in Matthew 14, you know, when Jesus walked, I mean, that Jesus or Peter walked on water to Jesus, right. Right. And, and um, what I learned pretty quickly is, first off, God spoke that to my heart. And I was like, Lord, I just want to be faithful. I want to just keep my eyes on you. Right. I just imagine me being like Peter stepping out into the water. And as long as I keep my eyes on him, I'm going to be grounded. I'm going to be able to get through this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I focus on the wind and the waves or the rain, you know, like it's, I'm going to sink. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like, yep. just like in the scripture. And I just found it to be true over and over again. You know, the doctors would call with some, um, you know, a negative report. Mm-hmm. And if I looked that way, I would, I would start spinning. Right. Yep. Yep. And just kind of like falling apart. And, um, and then, you know, eventually I would, I would got to restore me. And, um, and, and thankfully I had wonderful people around me that helped me to, you know, to do that. So important. And then I, be- yes, yes, absolutely. Um, they were literally like, um, you, you know, I always think about that story um, where um, there was that, that, I forget who was fighting whom, but it was an exodus where um, Moses had to like, keep his hands up and as long as his hands his arms were up like, oh right he was winning the war right uh-huh, and like yeah. Aaron and was it Aaron and her I, I think it was Aaron yeah up. yeah so like they would hold his arms up right and so it was like um my the women in my group and my church uh, my bible study group and all of them like they were so they were like holding my arms up they were mm-hmm. they were like holding me as I was just trying to remain faithful and um and so but I began to see the pattern that it was like you know, okay, here we go again. They said this, I'm not believing that God's going to heal him. And I just continued um, to believe that. And one of the things that happened, it was such an um, encouragement to my faith was that they had told me that he would need to be, um, to have dialysis, that what was happening Mm. with the fact that he was on blood thinners because of his heart condition. It was just like wreaking havoc on it, on his Mm. blood and all of that. And so that he needed to have uh, dialysis. And so, um, so I had to, you know, make that decision because he was obviously not able to do that himself. But when you tell me it's, it's life threatening, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> yeah, right, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, so we went and did that. And um, uh, the day after, so they had this done on like this evening, whatever evening that was. And then the day after the doctor actually was quite shocked, was like, oh my gosh, like, he, you know, like they went from, he's going to need dialysis the rest of his life. And, you know, this prognosis is horrible and we have to do this to, we did the dialysis, everything cleaned out. 
I mean, they, they actually in their notes, it said that um, the improvement was more than they imagined. Wow. And wow. so, <laughs> right. Like they actually wrote that. I have the medical <laughs> records and it's in there. And so, wow. um, so it, it, you know, at the time I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was just encouraged, like, he's going to get through this and he's going to um, be healed. And so we continue to just kind of go through this um, every week that he was on the ventilator, his injection fraction went down by 10%. And I'm not sure, are you guys familiar with what that is? I'm not, no. Never not, heard of that? Not okay. completely, a little bit, but just for yeah. probably that most people don't, if you wouldn't mind explaining it. Yeah, yeah. So because his heart condition, he was already at like just below um, normal injection fraction, which I think is like 55% or something like that. And I think it has to do with, so I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to tell you in my yeah. lay terms, right? Like it has to do with like the amount of, um, of blood that when your heart pumps, that pumps out into the body, or it is like the percentage that's left in. I forget okay. now. Oh, but, I was thinking of something else. I'm glad you explained. Okay. Yeah. And so the idea is, is you need enough blood pumping out to be able to get to the rest of your body, right? It oxygenates right. your body. And um, so when that's not happening and that continues to be reduced, that's problematic, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so every, every week that was going down by about 10%. And, mm -hmm. um, and so then um, basically, um, you know, that was deteriorating, but even though that was happening, um, right towards the very end, things were like going in a positive direction, which was kind of unusual, you know, like his oxygen requirements were going down. They had already told me what was needed to come off of the ventilator. So, you know, I was tracking all these things that I was learning, you know, like mm -hmm. the oxygen levels, the, um, there was another term, it's not coming to me now, um, plum prune, I forget, but it was a, a term for like the function of the, of the, uh, of the, of the lungs and all of that, that as it improved, um, that would lead towards him coming off. And so, um, so anyway, so all of this is trending in the right direction. I'm feeling really good. And so this Thursday night that I, um, so this is literally like 30 hours before he dies. Um, this Thursday night, I call in on my usual call and, um, this it always makes me cry when I think about it because it was such a precious gift, but they had been weaning him down off of the uh, sedation. Mm -hmm. um, they were trying to switch it to something that was not so, um, so um, I guess, heavy. And so they needed to wean him down first. And so they did that. And um, during my FaceTime call, uh, he opened his eyes. Aww. And when he opened his eyes, I said, oh, babe, hi, hi, can you see me? Can you see me? And tears start streaming down his eyes. Mm. And the nurse is holding the phone. And um, she's, you can tell she's like, wow, like she's taken back. And so she's like, Mr. Clark, can you, can you squeeze my hand? And he couldn't because he was so weak. And um, so then she asked them, can you, can you raise your eyebrows? And then he raised his eyebrows. Oh, wow. And oh. so one of the things that they had told me that he had to do to get off the ventilator was respond to respond to their commands. And so this excited me, right? Mm -hmm. So she asked him to raise his eyebrows and he raises his eyebrows as she's like wiping his tears and furrow your eyebrows. And he does that. And so I'm just like cheering him on. And she's literally like holding the phone right in front of him, you know, like I'm right over his face. 
And I'm talking to him and he's responding. He's actually moving his head as she moves the phone to wow. track with me. Uh -huh. Wow. And at this point, I didn't mention, but along the three weeks they had they, they had um, to trach him because you can only keep mm. the thing that goes through your mouth for so long and that becomes problematic and it did. And so we had to deal with that. Um, so he had a trach. Um, and so I just, I was just so excited to talk with him. Like most times I would talk to him for maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15. I talked to him for like 45 minutes. Mm, like so I nice. prayed with him. I shared with him all of the messages Like some of his clients had sent, even his, one of his clients, there were these two little girls that sent a video to him okay. and I couldn't, I wanted to play it, but I couldn't because of HIPAA, but I just shared with him, you know, that, you know, that, the, you know, the children that you, the two girls that you see, you know, they sent this video, it's so precious. And, and so I shared um, like everything, everything with him. I shared with him how much I love him and, and um, that how many people are praying for him and we're believing for your healing and you are a walking testimony already, you know, and mm. um, that God is just giving you more, uh, a, a bigger testimony, another testimony. And so um, eventually the nurse had to go back to work. And so she, <laughs> um, she set the phone on this little table on the side and he turned his head toward it. And Aww. we just, I just talked to him and, um, eventually I could see that he was getting sleepy and was kind of starting to doze off. And so I, you know, had already prayed with him a number of times. And I think I just did a final prayer and told him I loved him and said, good night. And I hung up. And so I went to bed with such joy in my heart and excitement yeah. for like what it was going to look like the next day. Um, and then the next day I called at 10 o'clock and they started to share how his, his um, pressure was erratic and like some of the things that they were struggling with overnight. But I was like, oh no, God's, God's got this. He's got this. He's going to be healed. You know, this is just a setback. This is just the wind and the waves, right? Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to stay focused on the Lord. And I, I really did not let that impact my, my spirits. And, um, I mean, I heard what they said, but I also knew like, this is, this is like in the natural and I'm talking spiritual, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so then even still my, um, when I called back that evening, this was Friday now, they were sharing with me what was happening. And that was just, you know, um, really has been really difficult and, and, um, and you know, that they were monitoring him and I'm like, okay, I'm still believing. And, uh, so one thing that has never happened in the course over the course of the time was that, um, they never called me <laughs> never. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges that I had was that I didn't get very, very responsive doctors, in fact. Yeah, um, I, uh, I so, totally relate. Yeah. So that morning, they called me at like 630. I jump out of bed, like, you know, and um, they said, we're, the medicine we're giving him is just not helping. We need you to come down. And so mm. I, I, I knew that, you know, that this could be, this could be it. And so I, um, I jump in the car and I was wise enough to ask my son, um, who's, who um, was 18 at the time um, to drive me. And um, so he drove me there. And I just remember as we were going around, so I live in Arizona, so we have lots of mountains. And so um, I'm going around this mountain right on the side of this freeway. And I look up as I'm looking out and I just said, Lord, I know that you can heal him. 
I know you can. But if you don't, I trust you. Mm, praise God. And so I showed up at the hospital and it took 15 minutes to get into the hospital because it was still, you know, locked down and they oh, yeah. go through the, through the ER first. And then even once they escorted me to the main hospital, I had to wait to be escorted up. And by the time I got there, he had passed. Oh, mm, so sorry. And, um, and you know, what was kind of bizarre to me is that they would not allow me in the hospital when he was alive, but they allowed me in when, after he had passed and mm. I had to go past because they were so like, they called it the surge. Like they were, these rooms were being shared, like single rooms were being shared by two people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could imagine, as you, you alluded to Mark, like each of the rooms have this plastic that you zip and there's yeah. all of this. And so I come in and they give me my N95 mask and all of that. And they let me in the room and I have to walk past this gentleman who's on a ventilator, who's still alive to get to my husband. And so I just, you know, I um, just held his hand and I, you know, I, I know that he wasn't there, but I did tell him like, you did, you did great. You know, like you really did great. And that God answered my prayer. It just wasn't on this side of heaven. Mm, And so I, um, you know, I probably spent maybe 10 or 15 minutes there. I didn't really feel the need to like sit there with him because I was like, I, he he also had looked so different. You know, I had been getting pictures of him in that when they would FaceTime him, I would screenshot pictures just so I could like track. And I was thinking, oh man, I'm going to tell him we're going to talk about this when he's better. And he's just going to be so amazed at like what happened and how he survived. And so, um, um, so anyway, I, um, of course had to call his family. I had done that actually on the way, on the way driving there, his parents and, um, his um his um called his ex-wife to tell her the children you know what had happened and so of course I called him afterwards because it was then confirmed that he had passed and um and you know then after that was kind of really when things got hard I mean it was hard before but um but but God was just so faithful you know there were so many people that um that gathered around me I have amazing church community and um, I remember my pastor calling that day and saying, pastor and his wife calling and saying, what do you need? And um, one, of, one of the things that, you know, I've historically had to work on with, with my therapist in the past is that like asking for help. And so mm-hmm. I, was, I was so grateful that God yep. sort of delivered me from that <laughs> because um, I told him I've never done this before. I have no idea how to do a memorial service, I, I, mm-hmm. nothing. And so they said, we'll take care of all of it. You just, wow. you know, like, that's yeah. amazing. They took care of all of it. They, they just said, send us pictures, tell us what music you'd like. And um, so I just kind of started down, you know, that journey. And um, he, he asked to be, his ashes to be scattered in the Pacific Ocean. And um, it was something that my mother actually had done five years before. And we both liked it. We were like, this was so peaceful. This was so amazing. We should do this. And mm-hmm. um, so I initially just had a memorial service at, um, at, you know, at church. 
and then um, a few months later um, went out and scattered his ashes. So, mm. um, so you know, oh. I, I think that one of the, the things that I just stood on is that um, a couple of scriptures that were really dear to me at that time was um, 2 Corinthians 5.8. Um, I think I've even heard you guys mention it in some previous mm -hmm. podcasts. I was that, thinking that the we same thing. Yeah, that um, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there was just this confidence that he is with the Lord and um, he can breathe and, and he, he loved the Lord. And so knowing that he was rejoicing um, with him, um, and I just sometimes even imagine like what that looked like, what that was, just the beautifulness of that, you right. know. Um, another scripture was Romans 14, 8, that if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And so. Um, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I'm really taken back and moved by your story. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's one thing to hear. I've heard quite a few people's stories um, through like email and messaging and stuff like that. But hearing somebody else tell their story uh, is just a whole nother thing. And mm -hmm. um, I just, I think your faith is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, just a lot of the things you say are so encouraging. And um, it's just interesting that though we all walk through these very different journeys and they're very difficult for us. Um, the outcome for a person of faith seems to always be the same, the same thing that we're given that, um, that peace that goes mm. beyond all, all understanding. And right. it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you can sit here and tell us this tragic, heartbreaking story, but still be praising the Lord. And uh, it's just such an awesome, encouraging thing uh, yeah. on the whole, you know, obviously mm -hmm. not what, what happened to you is awesome or encouraging, of course. Um, right. but it just seems to be the same thing. Um, the same, the same theme over and over that the Lord really is there for widows and, and obviously widowers, but you know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, that God just seems to take us to a place of peace and understanding and, um, yeah, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for you coming on here. That's a very powerful story. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And I related to so many things mm -hmm. you were saying. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Lexi, can you please close the door, sweetheart? Thank you. Um, sorry. Um, I related to so many things you were saying, particularly when you started talking about the hospital. Um, yeah. <clears throat> things were so intense at that time that I related what you're saying. I couldn't even get anybody on the phone. And my wife, unfortunately, was in a state that um, she was never able to get on the phone herself when she was in the one particular time I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. And it, they were so busy with, because they had all these patients and no doctors were able to talk to patients in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Everybody was calling to find out about their loved ones. And so I had a very difficult time even getting somebody to pick up the phone. Um, and it was such a, a difficult time. And so I'm sorry that you also had to go through that in your own uh, way, which is a much different, but very similar in a lot of ways. But um, I have a question. Are you still, uh, are you raising his children now? Or will they I were all of age? Yeah, I, I am not. Um, so we... Um, 
he basically co-parented. And okay. so, um, so his, his two older daughters were twins or are twins and um, they're, they're 25. So they have, you oh, know, they had, yeah, when we met, they were like a senior in high school. Um, oh, okay. or, yeah. Um, but his son is 16. And so um, he, no, no, he's with his mother 100% okay. of the time. I yeah. see. Mm -hmm. And then, um, sorry, Michelle, I don't mean to hug it. All the questions were just so, I was just so I got some too story. when you're done. <laughs> it was um, just really powerful and moving. And in what ways would you say that God has sort of enlightened you or opened your eyes besides the, the couple of things you obviously mentioned, but since his passing, like what, I guess this is a better way to ask it. What gives you peace? What gives mm -hmm. you, cause I can see it on your face. It's mm -hmm. genuine. Um, what gives you that peace? Like, what do you, what, what is your mind's eye picture um, yeah. when you're picturing your husband? Well, first off, I, I, I have done a you know, some study of, of, of um, heaven since then. And mm -hmm. I was telling Michelle that that's kind of what, what caught my attention with, with, with uh, the podcast was I had seen it in a, on a group. And, um, and then when I went to look, I was like, oh, there's, they, they are talking about heaven. I wanna, I'm curious to know oh, what, nice. what, what, their, what their perspective is. Um, but I began, I, I actually had read a book called, um, oh, I'm gonna forget the name now. Um, mm, is it Heaven by like, Randy Alcorn? No. Okay, that's no. a really popular yeah. one. So I was just curious. Yeah. But um, so I had, you know, and this, 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 um, book talked a lot about it and so it caused me to you know and then of course there was lots of scriptures there and so just kind of getting a perspective of what heaven was like even at my uh, my husband's memorial our pastor painted a really clear picture of like what it looks like from revelations and so I was just like wow mm -hmm. this is amazing like this is where he is and so I think of that often I also mm. you know there's this um and I don't know where that scripture is but um they talk about the cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I, someone shared this with me recently and, um, it was just, it just struck me, you know, like, you know, everybody's got a different perspective on maybe what that means, but how it landed on me was that, you know, my, 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 I lost my father when I was 16, my mother, um, five years ago. And, um, and so now my husband and I'm like, man, like he's joined this cloud of witnesses mm -hmm. that are like mm. cheering me on or praying mm -hmm. for me or, or something like, I don't know what they're doing, but mm -hmm. like that, 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 that I am being encouraged in that regard. And, um, and honestly, you'd already, you already hit on it. You know, I think that it's just, God has given me that peace that I don't, I don't fully understand. Mm. I, I have really since, since then, I've really been kind of, um, really like girding myself in the word um, in general, but one of them is Isaiah, in Isaiah 54, it says, for your maker is your husband. The mm. holy, um, the Lord almighty is his name. The holy one of Israel is your redeemer. And he is called the God of all the earth. And um, so there are times where I feel alone. There are times where I'm like, oh gosh, like I gotta make this decision by myself. Like <laughs> I would normally ask my husband or, or, you know, like, oh my gosh, things are broken down in the house. And I've just, sometimes I've just yeah. like had a fit. You know, just like really like the garage door broke one time, you know, and I was like, yeah, so there's just these things that he used to be there to take care of. And, and then, you know, I'll just kind of pull myself out of that and like, Lord, you are my husband. 
Mm, right. And, and so that has, that's helped me. Um, I will also share that since then, I, um, I turned 50 in July. And um, so prior to that, God had spoken to me about this being my Jubilee year. And so mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to really study the word on what Jubilee means and what, you know, and so I did that. And, uh, and as I did that, he honored that. And I, and he just shared like, this is the year that I want you to set apart for me. Mm. And I realized that, you know, I, I had been married for 16 years before. And then my, my husband and I had been together eight years, but married five and a half. And so it was like, I'm in a unique situation. My children are grown, um, can pretty much take care of themselves. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're in college still, but, um, and then that, you know, I don't, I don't have my husband um, here on earth. And so it was like, okay, um, I, I can, I can actually do this in a way that is like, like I've never done. Right. right. Like mm. just lean into the Lord. And um, I can't remember the scripture, but I think it was Paul that said like, you know, um, oh man, I'm trying to think of that. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that scripture where Paul basically says, you, you know, it's better to be uh, alone <laughs> if you can. Or, oh, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so um, and so I was like, OK, well, I have this opportunity to just you know, like lean into just the Lord 100%. And so um, I have seen how God grew my faith even during Brad's sickness and all of that. And then just how he has held me since then. Um, and I, I just, I just remained faithful. I, you know, I, I, I kind of take literally meditating on the word day and night. And, awesome. um, and so I have my time of prayer and reading the word, even if it's just a devotional, just a quick, you know, something, yeah. um, um, I just try to honor that. And I feel like God is, God is, you know, just continues to give me that peace. Um, and so I, I, I feel like that's, and I'm kind of in that place now. Like, I don't believe that I'm going to never remarry. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that right now, mm. but I trust God's plan for my future. Um, I think I joked with Michelle uh, when we talked, I said that, um, like, how, why would God call me to be a couples counselor and then I not be married, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's a, it, it's clearly an area that he's gifted me in. And so I know that there, there, there will likely be, there's going to be a provision in the future and I can, I just can trust him. But right mm -hmm. now I'm going to trust that he's my husband mm -hmm. and, um, and just, and, and live into that. And so it gives me opportunities to to connect with people and um, obviously even do this. Mm -hmm. um, not that my husband would have been against it or anything, but it's just, you know, there's that freedom. And, sure. and, mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm, I'm taking advantage of it um, in a way that I feel glorifies God. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And I what wanted, were you saying, Michelle? Oh, I just um, had a question going back to your story when you would call in at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. in the in-between time what was it like for you? Like, what were your days like and how did you get through that? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of prayer. There was a mm -hmm. lot of also meeting with some of like the women in my, um, my Bible study group. Um, honestly, I, I was still seeing clients. I did mm -hmm. scale back my, my, my hours a bit. Um, and I told every client knew what was happening because right. I told them if I got a, if I get a call from a doctor, um, and the only time they did call, I must retract that I did get one or two calls, but they were always because there was something wrong. Right. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so, um, and so I shared with them that if I got a call from a doctor 
that I have to step out of session. And, mm. and that's not something I, I do because you're paying for my time. Um, but, and everybody was so gracious. Um, right. It only happened once actually. So yeah, it was really, you know, I, I spend time in the morning when I, when I get up and part of my prayer and devotion is to pray for the clients that I see. Mm. Um, and, um, and so I, um, you know, just pray that, that, that they would be okay. And that, mm-hmm. um, um, so that that wouldn't be, you know, any kind of conflict and, and it, and it wasn't, I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. um, it was helpful, um, that, that my clients didn't have issue, but right. so it was just hard. I, I tried right. to scale back some, but I had to work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And you're trying to, trying to lead a normal life when nothing in your life is normal. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging and it's hard for a lot of people <clears throat> to grasp what, um, our, what our, what was going on in our minds during that mm-hmm. season. Um, it was very hard for me to explain it to people. I didn't mm-hmm. even have the energy to explain to people. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, Oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you, I'm like, I, I can't even like think about that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. uh, it's a very difficult, difficult time. And um, I'm really, really sorry you had to go through all that. Mm-hmm. It's COVID I've heard. Um, I've heard a lot of stories from people about COVID, but never anybody that um, has shared it with us on air. And yeah. so uh, I really am grateful and thank you because it's such mm-hmm. an important thing for right now at this mm-hmm. time uh, right. in the world for people to hear, um, you know, there's a lot of people that can relate to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And um, also it's, it's just to be perfectly honest, it's, it's a frustrating time. COVID has caused a lot of frustrations for a lot of people, um, you know, just with everything. Like for me, it was for many reasons, but the one is my wife never had COVID, but because of COVID, it caused me a lot of heartache and pain. And so many times she'd call me crying that, you know, she wanted me to just come there and visit her and she didn't understand why I couldn't come. And um, she wanted to get out of there. And I was like, you know, well, if you come home, like you're going to die. And you know, there were, that's yeah. what they were telling me, like, she can't leave. And right. so it's, so I just appreciate hearing um, your perspective. I'm really grateful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And an, another question for you, what mm-hmm. I have several, but what has been mm-hmm. your biggest challenge? I know this is a big question or one of the challenges um, since becoming a widow, like what, you know, you mentioned like things around the house. I totally relate to that, (laughs) you know, and, um, but is there anything specific that was like, or is currently a big challenge? Cause I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate, you know, to whatever it is that's been challenging for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, God is working with me right now on fear. Mm. I think that, Mm -hmm. um, fear that sometimes that, um, I'm going to be taken advantage of, Mm. You know, I remember the garage door thing, like, oh my gosh, really? Does it have to cost $700? Like, right. is he taking mm. advantage of me? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, and I know that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so really, you know, praying, just really being in prayer um, and seeking wisdom. You know, I think that God has given me people in uh, my life to, to, to reach out to. Um, even just the other day, I had... Um, you know, our door was getting stuck and we were just kind of like living with like, go to the garage. Cause you can't get in that way. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I, I got to figure this out, you know? 
And, um, and so I was like, went to like, and it was like Angie's list or something, trying to find mm-hmm. somebody. And I was like inundated. That made me more stressed because like a hundred mm-hmm. people were calling me and, and I happened to mention it to one of the therapists that works with me. And, um, she was like, you know what? We were going to do a training at my house. And she says, when I come by, I'm going to, I'm going to have my husband come. Perfect. <laughs> nice. so, um, you know, and so, th- so there've been times where I've had to hire people and I've had to just kind of like deal yeah. with that and just be praying like, Lord, you know, I just pray that I'm not being taken advantage of. And I know Lord that your word says that they have to be good to widows. And if they're not, that's yep. not good for them. And that you, you're giving me the financial provision to do, to, to do what I need to do. Right. Like your word says, if I ask for wisdom, you're going to give it to me. Yep. And so I'm trusting that you're going to give it to me. And so I, I almost have to like talk myself off the ledge sometimes, you know, what I mean? because, um, you know, just using the word, just trying to build myself up because it's, um, be- because it is scary. It yeah. is scary. I've not had to do, and that's one of the things that I even feel like is been somewhat beneficial with this being my Jubilee year is that I have had to depend on people. And I do believe we're designed for a relationship. So we're, we're supposed to, but at the same time, like God is really like showing me, I need you to depend on me first. Right. Mm. Yeah. I'm in and the same are, position. Yeah. And there have been times where I've been like, oh, what do I do? I'm going to call. And I'm like, no, you need to pray. Mm-hmm. You need to call the Lord first. Mm. Then you can, then you can, then you can call this person or that person that might have some expertise because God wants me to go to him first. That's right. beautiful. That's it a is. great reminder too. You yes. know, I think we should set up like a widowed commune where we all just kind of list our skills and can just help each other <laughs> That's out. That's not a bad idea. I'm like, hey, uh, who can help me go grocery shopping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My things right. are silly. But um, no, but that is that is a beautiful, and great reminder to that we're supposed to be going to God first mm-hmm. because that can he can guide us to the right people and mm-hmm. um, alleviate that stress that I definitely relate to. I mean, for me, it's not a stuck door, but whatever mm-hmm. it might be that I am just overwhelmed. I'm just mm-hmm. overwhelmed with having to do this and having to do that. And am I doing mm-hmm. the right thing? And Michelle and I have spoke about this before that we both have this fear that anytime there's something wrong, um, I'm like, is it me now? Do I have cancer now? Mm -hmm. And um, like recently I had some uh, pains in my chest and I was so nervous, like really, really nervous about it. And I go to the chiropractor all the time. And um, I told my chiropractor about it and she's like, okay, it sounds like you have some ribs out of place and gave me an adjustment. And all of a sudden it felt like it was like the first time I could breathe in like a month. And I was like, Mm -hmm. man, I was like, I was panicked. Like I thought I was like going to have a heart attack or something. And like, Really, it was just like this discomfort, but that's just sort of that's, Michelle yeah. and I have talked about. It. It's just the fear mm-hmm. that comes along with it because, you know, for both of us, it essentially came out of nowhere, even though Michelle's mm-hmm. coming out of nowhere was much longer ago. Um, but it's still, it just came out of nowhere. And it's like, wow, it, like this could happen to anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wondered if you, you know, have had those fears also, mm-hmm. but I think I understand what you're saying with your fears. And that's where I thought you were going, but I'm sorry, Michelle, what were you going to yeah. say? Um, so I, I think Mark can relate to this too. And I want to see how it relates to you. So it's sometimes hard that like cancer is everywhere. Like it's on commercials, this, that, well, mm-hmm. you've got COVID literally everywhere, more than cancer. Now people talking about it. And so is that difficult for you or the people that say it's not real or all the, the dumb things people say, 
How is that for you? You lived the nightmare. So how do you right. like, how do you deal with that? When you hear people say ignorant, dumb things, or just like seeing it in the news everywhere, or like, just how do you feel about that? You know, it's interesting. I actually went to a, um, a, a, a activity at a, at a friend's house from our church. And, um, and then this very thing happened. Cause you know, I feel like my husband and I are on opposite spectrums. Right. I, you know, it was, it was like the common cold for me. Right. And yeah. he died, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand that there are these opposite perspectives that people have. And if you just, you got it, it's not a big deal. You're like, it's not a big deal. But I never forget sitting at the table and we were about to eat, about to eat um, before we, you know, had our activities. And um, the person was sharing, the woman was sharing, and she says, Ah, oh, I just wish we would all do like we did when we were, she was a little older than me. And she says, like, just like we did with chicken pox, let's just get everybody in the room and they get it and just be done oh with gosh. it. Mm. And I remember sitting down and I tend to feel my anxiety in my stomach. <laughs> so I remember sitting down like, I'm not hungry, right? Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I thought, oh gosh, like I was tearing up. And one of the ladies at the table knew my story. And so she kind of quickly changed the subject. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just sat there um, and I didn't say anything to her, honestly. I just felt like I didn't know that I would be able to control the words mm-hmm. that came out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and so, <laughs> You know, not like I thought I was going to lash out at her, but like, I just didn't know what that was going to yeah, look like. Yeah. I wasn't feeling God. Like, I'm not going to help this conversation by opening <laughs> right. my mouth. <laughs> right. And so, um, so that has been, um, that had, that, that was probably the hardest challenge. Cause that was like the closest to, to me, you know what I mean? These are mm-hmm. like women that I go to church with and, um, and I, and I still haven't said anything <laughs> Um, but there, so there've been things that was probably the closest, but there've been other times where people have said things and, and sometimes I might share, you know, oh yeah, I totally understand that, you know, it might not seem like a big deal. You know, I had COVID and I recovered and they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say, yeah, but my husband had it and he died from it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I often even share with, um, you know, my clients, I still, um, I still wear a mask and, um, not um, at, at work because I see such a diverse group of people. So I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's prudent. And I even share with them when they ask, you know, cause people have their own political sides of that. And I say, listen, right. I don't, I'm not in that. I said, you know what? I feel like I'm being my brother's keeper, right? Mm-hmm. I, this is, this is the mask is how I love my neighbor. And that's just what I'm doing. It doesn't have to be what you do, right? right? Like I, we, we have our own callings. And I said that um, I do that because I don't want to be the common denominator. Mm-hmm. you know someone coming in I have eight clients in a given day perhaps and somebody comes in and then I have someone with compromised health and because I'm healthy and it didn't have that big of an impact on me and I share it with someone and it does right and so I I, I yeah I have a right not to wear a mask but I just I'm, I'm I, I feel like I'm doing what I feel led to do that's and beautiful so, you know mm-hmm. that's actually a good perspective um because I am sort of um now I, I do, I am very considerate of what other people may be feeling and may be going through, but I myself am a big believer in personal choice. However, that being said, it's, um, I'm, I've always been uh, respectful of what other people want to do also. And 
like, for example, if somebody asked me if I was coming into their home and they asked me to wear a mask, like I would willingly do that. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, never mind. I'm not coming over then. Right. Um, but so I, I feel like we all could do a really, this is just eye-opening to me that I feel like we all could do a better job of trying to see where other people are coming from. Mm -hmm. And that it almost seems like um, there's a divide being pushed that's kind of intentional in some ways. Um, and it's sad to see, but not, not trying to go too far down that, um, that road, but, uh, this just kind of opened my eyes hearing somebody's perspective of it. Now I've known people who've had it. I've known people who've died from it. Um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, you know, this isn't the first time I've heard of it. Um, but you know, it's, it's just an interesting, it's interesting to think about it from another perspective, hearing you speak on why you still wear a mask, even though you personally, um, you know, you probably now have antibodies to COVID and, you know, you're immune to it in very many respects. And so it's just, it's really interesting for me to, to hear your perspective on why. So thanks for, for sharing that. Cause it's kind of eye-opening to me because it's, uh, it's just a way that I hadn't thought about it before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Were there any certain songs or anything that helped you? I know you, you said a lot of verses. Did you have any specific songs that were like your song you would listen to over and over or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the day that I found out that he passed, um, my, my good friend, we, um, we grew up together and um, our mothers were best friends. Um, she flew, she's because I'm originally from Los Angeles. And so she flew here to Arizona, to Phoenix and, um, I, I remember sitting and waiting like in the cell phone lot they have those there where you are waiting for the flights <laughs> mm -hmm. to land. And I was listening to the song, Even When It Hurts by oh, Hillsong. Well, I yes. don't know if you've mm. ever heard that. I, I know if that. I've heard that yes. one. Yes. yes, so good. I mean, it basically is like, even when it hurts, I'm going to praise you, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, and it's just such a beautiful song. And um, and so I, that was sort of my mantra. Like, I it hurts, Lord, but I'm choosing to praise you even through mm -hmm. the storm, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so, so that was one. And, you know, I actually create playlists for myself because I mm -hmm. like to, that's how I encourage myself because I love yeah. music. And, um, you know, like even on my playlist now, some of these are older, but like, um, um, tell your heart to breathe again. Oh, um, yeah, that's good. What's his name? Um, mm. No. Um, Danny Doki or is it? Yes, that's it. Yes, Danny yes. yes yeah. so good. Yeah, so I, um, there was that one, and then there are, I was going to look and see if I can find a few, but anyway, um, so th those songs um, just kind of encourage me um, now. Also, there's one by Amy Grant. Um, mm, it's not coming to me right now, but, um, and of course, my playlists are on my phone. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I, um, so, so those are, those are songs that just kind of encourage me. One of the things my husband, he absolutely loved casting crowns. Mm, and, yeah. um, and so shortly after he passed, um, they released the song called scars in heaven. Oh, I've heard that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, so that has been, um, a song that, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I believe in, um, like part of my grief process is, um, to like, intentionally schedule my grief and mm -hmm. if I want to do that that's a song to put on there because oh, yeah. um it's even the video if you watch the video mm -hmm. I've seen it. um 
yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been, it's just powerful. It's just powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to be able wow. to share a few things that yeah. I've learned. So I've done yes. some, um, just like study of grief. Um, I don't, as a couples counselor, it was not a thing that I really focused on, but of course, since then I started to, you know, do trainings and all of that, really everything that I've always done, I always apply to myself first. Mm. And, um, That's awesome. and so, yeah, even in couples counseling and, and all of that. And, um, and so, so I had a few notes. So I, one of the things that I had learned um, was that um, uh, you've already said this, you can't heal what you don't feel. And so mm-hmm. you have to mm. deal with those things. Yep. Um, the cost of the grief is the cost paid for being able to love. I thought that was, wow. so that's good. Right. That's really right? Good. That, that grief is a reflection of a connection that's lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I feel like we live in a culture that you know, it's kind of like, you're still dealing with that, you know, like, right. Yeah. Have you not moved on? And you're like, my husband's, my husband died three months ago. Like, no, you know? Yeah. 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 My whole world was flipped upside down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Right. Right. And so I, I, you know, I, I try to look at it through the lens. Like, I don't have to like, you know, with grief, I don't have to, you know, hide it, but I don't want to dwell on it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to be fixed. I'm not broken. I'm, I'm, I, when you grieve, you're going to feel the way you feel like right. just like creating space for that. Um, I can't rush it. And I, and I, and I don't want to slow it down. Like I do want healing. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can't like try to get that sooner than you're, you're ready. You have to go through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, grief is like an internal experience where mourning is an external experience. And so it made me realize that I'm not always mourning, but I pretty consistently grieve. Like oh, I might not always wow. look like I've never heard that. Good. Yeah, yeah. So I might not always look like I'm mourning. You know, I think about in the Bible where they were like, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you 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 might not look like that, but I I do pretty consistently grieve, and um, and I think part of the other part of this that helps me to have peace is that I'm seeking seeking god and trying to understand like you know how do you how do i make meaning of this experience like how are you using this how are you going to use me for your glory right Mm -hmm. and so i don't get stuck in i know that you know our our days are our days are numbered or you know god knows them you know if if he was going to die the day he died Right. And that's kind of a reality, like whether it was COVID or something else, this was the day. So I don't see it as a mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do see that I can see a lot of the things that God did prior to, and even, even my husband's desire, like this was the fulfillment of his dream to leave his corporate job and to go into counseling. Mm-hmm. Like he had no idea it was going to only be like <laughs> one client, you know, like right. all of this preparation and all of this stuff that 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 fulfillment it was fulfilled he got he was able to live in even a few months in that space mm. and the beauty of that you know um yeah and we we all know that you know god's ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above mm-hmm. our thoughts as we mentioned several times and um we just we never know exactly what he's doing but i just like to try to think about the things he might be doing there might be a person, and just for example, there might be a person out there seeking something that lost mm-hmm. their spouse to COVID. Mm-hmm. They might stumble across this podcast 
and listen to you talk about your faith and they might give their life to Jesus. And, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's kind of tough for all of us here left in the, in the mix of it, but God knows how he might meet somebody and where he might meet them, um, where they're at and what tools he might use. And you may be providing a tool by being willing to share your story. And that's just, you know, a, for instance, obviously, but, um, it just to kind of point out that we never really know why God is doing what he's doing or, you know, whatnot, but, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to see. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to share that. I often say like, there's no trash in God's economy, which mm. is kind of like my, my summarizing of that Roman scripture. God can use all things for good. Yeah. You know? awesome. I like, that. <laughs> I like your version. <laughs> yeah. And so, so then when we began to like take our mind off of like this loss or what I, what I've lost, but then began to focus on like, you know, what, how is God using this? Right. Mm-hmm. for his glory right and and so then there's there's no there's nothing that happens that god can't use right, right. exactly the, it's awesome. the, the three of us are sitting here like this isn't um you know god had this plan like we right. wouldn't be sitting here right to, right here today if we had not been through what we've been through and like mark said there could be a specific listener today who your words right. and your story are helping them and yes. you know that's the thing is what you're doing. I just, your story, your faith is so beautiful. Like it is so beautiful and refreshing to talk to someone. So, um, secure in the Lord, because Mm -hmm. you, you meet a lot of people through widows groups who are just struggling and they don't know where to go. And I love seeing that you have turned to Jesus and he is your rock and he gives you an indescribable piece. It's all over you, (laughs) you know? And so it's just beautiful. And I just, Thank you so much for opening up this. I know it's not easy. You know, when you share your story, it's emotional. You know, when we do, when we share, you know, when I share about Luke's death, I cry. Like I get it. It's really, it's hard, but because you're willing to do that, you're helping somebody else. Because like we've said, we've had, we haven't been able to share this with our listeners because Mark and I don't have the same experience. And so I'm, I'm really happy that there are people that have, um, you know, that will be able to relate to you. So thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. Oh yeah. Of I love course. It. It's, it's great. Uh, Mark, did you have anything else or Lisa have anything else? Oh, I have lots, lots <laughs> else, but um, you know, I think we're running short on time, but Lisa, I am, I'm just going to put it out there on it. I am interested in talking to you uh, in a business sense and in, in regards to what you do and possibly if you have um, room to take me on as a client, I'd be interested in getting some grief counseling um, yeah. I think that'd be very beneficial. And um, so, you know, just Lisa Clark uh, is here and does grief counseling. I don't want to want to get you to blow up, but and right, couples yeah. counseling and other things too. But we, um, we could, um, if you wanted to, um, we could put your link um, in the show notes. And then the other thing is to, if you're open to, you know, we always open up if people want to email us, if they want to email you specifically, um, we could put that in the show notes as well, of people that might be able to like want to relate to you, you know, Absolutely. if that's, that's something that you want to do. And that way this can continue helping people. And what I love about our podcast is they're evergreen. Like they can be, let's people go listen to this in a year and mm-hmm. be like, Whoa, I want to, um, I want to reach out to her. 
People are still listening to our Mm -hmm. stories. Our first one. That we recorded, what, six months ago? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, We still get new listens all the time, and it's pretty amazing to me. And we get emails that are so powerful. And Mm -hmm. we thank you all for sending those to us because it's, it's really encouraging to Michelle and I, um, Mm -hmm. to get these emails of people saying that it's helped them. And, um, yeah, it's because it's, it's hard and it's time consuming to do these, these podcasts. And so it's great to get, you know, feedback and people saying that they're enjoying listening. Um, it really helps us a lot, but, um, Lisa, we just want to thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I just feel like we're going to stay connected in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm, um, sure. whether we, you know, go on this journey together in some way. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Um, what about you, Michelle? Did you have any more questions? You no, know, I think that was it. I mean, I could sit and talk to both of you forever and to yeah, right? all, of, <laughs> all of us in the widow community, we have so much, like, uh, I posted this thing on my Instagram the other day about there's like an instant connection when you meet another widow yeah. and like, it's yeah. just like, we've got this sister brotherhood. Like we get it. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. know there's like a bond. And so, um, yeah, I believe, you know, we'll all continue to, you know, keep in touch. Um, Mark, did you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Yeah. I'd okay. love to, um, Lord, heavenly father. I just, I thank you so much for Lisa's willingness to come on today. It was such a powerful story of your faithfulness and your love. Mm-hmm. And we are all looking forward to the day of just being reunited um, with our loved ones and most importantly, being with you. Um, we just can't wait for that day. So there's no more pain, no more tears, no more suffering. And mm-hmm. we all just get to live eternally with our beautiful savior. Um, I pray Lord for everyone listening. And in this moment, I just pray for Lisa's heart. I pray that you would continue to strengthen her um, and just continue to love her and be there for her and protect her from uh, anybody willing to scam her or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I pray that you would comfort those fears, um, and just show her that you're there and, um, pray with all of, for all of our listeners that, uh, anybody who's listening to this, that you would just comfort them with your peace in this moment right now. And, um, for anybody who's lost their spouse to COVID, um, our hearts just pour out to them. And, um, just, I personally just ask for forgiveness. If I've ever been insensitive to, my frustrations coming out, um, with everything going on. And it's just, uh, we're really grateful for this time that we got to spend together. So, um, we thank you for all these things in Jesus name. We ask all these things. Amen. 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 Well, thank you everybody for listening today. We really appreciate it. Um, if you liked this episode, if you want to go to Apple and give us a little bing five stars, we really appreciate it or review it. Um, we just appreciate every one of you. It's been so fun building this community, being in, mm-hmm. what is it? 31 countries now, something like that. 30, I think. 30, close. 30 Shout out 30. to Malaysia, number 30. Thank you, Malaysia. <laughs> and just being able to hear your stories. And so if there's anybody else out there who wants to share their story, please email us. That's how we got in touch with Lisa. She reached mm-hmm. out to us and here we are today. So you can email us at widowed too soon m at gmail.com connect with us on Instagram widow too soon underscore or join our Facebook page, which is also widow too soon. There's links to all this. Don't worry. You know, you're like, wait, I can't jot that down fast enough. There's links in the show notes. So yeah. So thank you guys all for listening and we'll see you again next week. Thank you. God bless. Bye.